What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it is now time for yet another trip to Odds and Ends World right here. I've been going through the iTunes library, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, doing a lot of filing and obsessive sorting, you know, just to make the show better and to make my uh, overall digital music experience more enjoyable for myself. So, yes, it is time for another Odds and Ends episode. If you're new to the show, in brief explanation, the Odds and Ends are songs that come from releases that don't get a whole lot of love. They come from soundtracks, single-only releases, EPs, tribute albums, live albums, reissues, things such as that. 
So yes, I'm going to find a lot of cool gems here on Odds and Ends. It's the perfect fit for a show like Rock Strikes 10. So we kicked off this episode here with one of the great bands of the last decade. Unfortunately, they are currently not with us anymore. That was Melody for Lovers by Biters. It's hard to say Biters without saying The Biters. I think that's one of the weird things, but officially it is Biters. As I and many others anxiously await the new solo album, or, you know, new band effort from Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. Uh, you know, they, he posted actually playing a Biter song the other day and kind of put R.I.P. with a question mark next to it. So, hey, I guess there is hope for a Biter's reunion at some point, but definitely wish Tuck all the luck in this new endeavor as Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. I will be following that. New album is supposed to come out this year. Fingers crossed. I'll definitely be buying the physical product, as should all of you. But yes, uh, off of a great release there. So what Biters used to do, they used to put out pretty much just singles and EPs only. They finally put out a full length called Electric Blood, which was a phenomenal record. If you heard the top 100 albums of the decade here on Rock Strikes 10, I recommend you doing it if you haven't. But yes, you will find Electric Blood pretty high on that list. But before that, they were putting out a bunch of singles and EPs. And there was a cool compilation that kind of put together all the best songs from the singles and EPs called Cut Your Teeth. And that's the compilation I definitely recommend you check out as well. Good extra credit there for Biters. And some great rock and roll right there. So yeah, I hope you like the opening song there. And yeah, let's just get to some more odds and ends right here. This next track here, oh man. This is just, uh, I, I never hesitate to play this track if it's possible for it to come up in any of these themes. So I was like, let's shoehorn this in on an odds and ends. So simple enough, this is a live track right here. And I may have told this story on the show, but I'll tell you the short version just in case. Back when 9-11 happened, which, you know, of course is terrible. And, you know, I think that, I mean, that really has to be one of the last things that really affected us prior to the year 2020. 9-11's different in a sense that it was definitely a game changer, uh, but there was just like that month, you know, where it was just like everything was weird, but also kind of cool. Like, yeah, it was a tragedy, but, you know, people definitely seemed to be on the same page at least for a month, and then it got completely divided. It divided the nation forever, honestly. Some people were never the same, you know, mentally or what have you, and politically especially, but yeah, it was it was a weird time, and, you know, I remember, you know, all the concerts that week were canceled. Oh, wah, wah, inconvenience. We had shows canceled for a week as opposed to the whole freaking year. And for the unseeable future as of this recording. So if you're listening to this years from now, we're still right smack dab in the middle of the year 2020. It is the beginning of July 2020 to be exact. It is July 3rd and no concerts in sight. People are booking concerts, but uh, I think they're doing that with you know, high hopes, honestly. I hope I'm wrong about all this. But back to 9-11. <laughs> Let's get to something lighter. Uh, yeah. So I didn't have any tickets to see any shows that week, but I did have tickets to see a show on September 17th, which is just under a week from 9-11. And that was the first night that, you know, the quote-unquote country reopened. That was the first night that they were having, like, concerts. And so, yeah, had tickets to go see the Black Crows. 
And, and not that it's like a, a raucous crowd anyway, you know, if you know anything about the Black Crows and the kind of fan that they potentially reach, you know, if you're generalizing it, it's kind of the hippy-dippy thing now. It's it's the, the weed smokers and, you know, hey, nothing wrong with that. I know that there's not going to be a fist fight at the Black Crow show. Uh, you know, at least I don't think there's going to be. Uh, and it didn't happen that night. And it was just that weird, surreal hush. And I remember it was at the Bronco Bowl, one of the great venues of all time sadly not there anymore and i remember getting there and there's no opening act and like there's like the 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 american flag that was always there at the top of the building and now there's like a spotlight on it and you know it sounds cheesy but you know it was definitely a moment and you know black crows they came out you know to like not a lot of fanfare in the sense that you know the lights just kind of dimmed and they came out and there was like polite applause and you know some roaring and stuff but it wasn't a raucous thing like i said and I don't remember the exact quote, but Chris Robinson got up there on the mic and he said, uh, you know, times like this, you know, let's just play some music. What do you say? You know, it was just like one of those matter of factly like, hey, it's been a weird week. Would you like to hear some music? And of course, we responded politely. And I'm going to take this back a little bit to prior to me going to the show. I remember asking a friend of the show, Logan, who's, you know, been on the show before a lot. And I remember asking him, hey, dude, you want to go to the uh, Black Crow show? And he's like, nothing against the Black Crows. He's like, but I have seen them so many times on the last few tours, and they never play my favorite song of theirs. And it's like kind of unacceptable because it was even a single. I was like, oh, really? What song is that? And he was like, Sometimes Salvation. And I was like, man, that is unacceptable because that is one of their great songs, no doubt. No doubt about that at all. Uh, should be their biggest song. It's not, but it should be. And so he was like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, you know, and also it, it was a weird week. So he's like, you know, I just, you know, maybe there was that factor to it. But he was basically like, I'm going to opt out. I'm not going to go. I was like, no, I understand that. I don't even remember who I went with, honestly. It was just some dude. And um, yeah, so Chris Robinson comes out. Like, how about we play some music? And everybody's like, yes. And then he goes, this first song is called Sometime Salvation. <laughs> and I not only roared, but I started laughing so hard. It's it's a mean thing to think about, but I remember going, I can't wait. I'm I'm doing a shift with Logan tomorrow morning. I'm going to have the shirt on, and I get to tell him, guess what the very first song of the night was? Oh, and man, he was just like, of course it was. <laughs> so here you go. This one's for you, Logan. This is Black Crows, and probably better live than on Wax. This is Sometime Salvation. <laughs> Empty saviors like you 
Black Crows with Sometime Salvation. I think that's, I'm not quite sure exactly what year or date that was or anything, but I do know it's from sometime probably in the uh, mid-90s because I'm enough of a fan of that song and all of its versions that as time goes on, the song actually gets slower as they become more of a jam band slash even more of a hippie band. But, you know, that early era version that they did of that song, is those are the best versions. I mean, I'll, I'll take it anyway and get it at this point especially nowadays. But yeah, I, I wanted to play that particular version. That one's off the Show Nuff live EP. And that was basically off of an EP you could only buy 
if you bought the Show Enough box set, which featured their first four albums, and that was the bonus EP that came with it with like five extra live tracks. So nice little bonus there, I guess just to reel in the hardcore fan that had all those songs. At least they had the decency to put like two bonus tracks on each record as well, so it wasn't like a total ripoff. I was just lucky enough that I had been borrowing other people's versions of those records, and I never had my own before that, so I got lucky. So good box set there, Show Enough. Definitely their best stuff ever. Yeah, I cashed out on them after their initial breakup, honestly, like post-Lions, because, you know, I thought that Fireside and Lions were actually pretty good records, but, yeah, everything after that, just just okay. So, first six albums, solid. I'll go with that. All right, the next one we're going to get into right here, of course, we are going in alphabetical order. I failed to mention that at the top of the show, but yes, we're finishing up the letter B here, and we're still in bands called Black. So it's a natural progression to go from Black Crows. And yeah, I should have had a Black Flag song lined up. I apologize. I, I totally screwed up on that one. I just saying it out loud. I'm like, shit, I forgot about Black Flag. I apologize. I'll try to fit them in on some upcoming episode. So I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong. I just kind of forgot. I don't know why. But yeah, uh, deal with it. I've had a bad year. Okay, so yes, we're going to play some Black Sabbath now course black flag they're huge black sabbath fans anyway so they won't be too mad at me either so let's just go with that but there was the awesomely heavily anticipated reunion of the mob rules lineup of black sabbath which is ronnie james dio tony iomi geezer butler and vinnie apice they got back together to do some tours uh you know around the end of the decade right there and i was super excited that they were back together and a great release to promote it was the Dio Years collection that's on Rhino Records. And, you know, what makes this an odd and end? I could technically play anything off of it because it is an odd and end. It's a best of album. But there were reunion tracks on there. And I got to say, if you're, you know, playing the versus mode of Ozzy versus Dio mode, then the three new tracks in the Dio Years destroy the two new tracks on the Black Sabbath reunion two disc with Ozzy. Just got to say it. That's what happened. Uh, so yeah, here's the best one of the three in my opinion. Turn this one up. This is Ear in the Wall.
Okay, okay, there you go. Black Sabbath featuring the late, great, iconic, a guy I used to call the Henry Kissinger of heavy metal right there. Great spokesperson for all of us, Ronnie James Dio. That was Black Sabbath, of course, with Ear in the Wall from the Rhino disc called The Dio Years. Black Sabbath, The Dio Years, I should probably say. Uh, But yeah, great one-disc best of. If for some reason you just missed all of those Dio Sabbath albums, then it's a great 101. I was happy to have it at the time because of the really cool remastered sound and they hadn't put out the uh, albums again remastered. Up until that point, those weren't out, so it was a great CD to have. And I still recommend it. It's a good one. Yeah, this next act, sadly, I never got to see live. I probably had a few chances. It's just one of those artists that we take for granted until they're gone. And this is definitely the first thing I ever owned by this artist. And it was just off of a random film soundtrack. Now, it's it's an iconic shot for me at this point. But yeah, back when I was a kid and my mom actually took me to the cinema to see La Bamba. And this is the first song you hear when the credits roll going down that California highway and the title just shoots out of the screen. And this is actually a re-recording of a big hit song by this artist. And it's one of those instances where I guess because of the nature that I know this to be in, I appreciate the remake just as much as I appreciate the original, if not more honestly. So usually re-recordings are a bad idea, but this is definitely one of the exceptions right here. So yeah, from the La Bamba soundtrack, 1987, this is the legendary, late, iconic Bo Diddley and his re-recording of Who Do You Love?
there with who do you love from the la bamba soundtrack great soundtrack it's like half los lobos and you know that song and then you got some of the other performances from you know the tail end of the movie the the winter concert brian setzer doing summertime blues because he's playing Eddie cochran howard huntsbury's version of lonely teardrops quality soundtrack if you ask me and shalina they should have had the uh, garage band version of shalina that guy cracks me up was it uh tony castro or something like that whatever his name is god why can't i remember the guy's name all right anyway but yeah that guy shalina uh okay all right abusing myself here moving on to another song from a soundtrack and this is one of those instances where it's like how did this song not make this band's record it's well documented that this is a song that was not recorded after the fact it was indeed in fact recorded for this band's album which wound up becoming a huge album and It was just one of those instances where, and I'm going to say, this is a Bon Jovi song I'm going to play here. And this is one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs. And it was recorded for Slippery When Wet. And John Bon Jovi was a huge advocate for this song. He was like, I think it's a hit. And he's like, I got outvoted, so it did not make the record. So they did a pure democracy, I guess, between the band and the producers. And, you know, this song lost the vote and did not make it on a Slippery When Wet, which is crazy to think because, you know, I love the Slippery When Wet record. I I cannot front on that record. It's a damn near perfect rock album, but I would probably take one song off of it and put this song on here. That being said, John's not completely bulletproof in his opinion because he said, and he still claims, when he first heard Living on a Prayer, he was like, I don't hear it. I don't think it's a hit. He goes, and the great quote, what do I know? I'm not an A&R man. I'm a singer. (laughs) So... Yeah, he didn't want Living on a Prayer on the album, but he wanted this song. So it's it's a 50-50 on John's opinion. But once again, this would have been a hit. This song was good enough. I remember it wasn't really so much of a pushed single because Slippery and White was still doing so well. So they just threw it on the soundtrack, and it doesn't really have any reason to be on this soundtrack. I think I heard it in the movie for about 30 seconds playing in the background so yeah they dumped the song edge of a broken heart on the disorderly soundtrack and if you are of a certain age you do not know the disorderlies movie i know the movie i love the movie once again i cannot defend this film as art but i do love me some disorderlies and if you don't know what that is it's a vehicle for the fat boys to have a slapstick comedy you should still see it uh but yeah this song, and I think I Heard a Rumor by Bananarama got its spotlight on the Disorderly soundtrack, and then of course a handful of Fat Boy songs and some other pop songs to just kind of pad it. Uh, but yeah, this song, Edge of a Broken Heart, tell me when you hear this song. If you've never heard it before, tell me this does not belong on Slippery When Wet, and tell me this didn't have the potential to also be a number one hit in the same sense that, you know, Living on a Prayer was. So you let me know. Here's Bon Jovi, Edge of a Broken Heart. <laughs>
Okay, Bon Jovi right there with Edge of a Broken Heart. Yes, and it should be on Slippery When Wet, but it's from the Disorderly soundtrack. Or, if you don't want to get the Disorderly soundtrack, which is massively out of print, you can also find it on the 100 million Bon Jovi fans can't be wrong box set. Now, you got to be a strictly hardcore fan to want this box set. I have owned that thing in the past. I think I did wind up selling it when times got tough, but, you know, it's got some good stuff on there, and I still have copies of the files, so... Happy to feature it here on the show. And yeah, that song, Home Run, right there for me. Uh, Here's a really cool collaboration that uh, I found on a best of, but it wasn't like a new song created for the best of, but I was happy that they included it for sure. And this is off uh, one of those like Sony Legacy, Epic Legacy Essential Collections, where you can tell it's just slapped together. But, you know, if you really look into some of those, they have really good track listings. Uh, so, you know, if I see them here and there and they're cheap and I need a few songs, then I'll get it. Another good example of this, like the, it's like the playlist essential. You know what I'm talking about? Like sometimes they have like eco packs. Uh, but yeah, like I got one for Toto because I don't have any Toto CDs. But of course, you want to get this one for sure. And they can usually throw in at least a dozen songs, if not closer to like 16. Like they do the full length kind of CD time length. So it's definitely a good value. Uh, but, you know... They had enough hits, so it's definitely valid. At one time, Legacy put out a playlist essential best of for Bowling for Soup. And we we don't really need this compilation in our household. We've got all the Bowling for Soup albums. But it did have a couple of non-album tracks on there. So when I found it real cheap somewhere, I picked it up. Really glad I did, because I didn't even realize that this would be the case. But there was a uh, B-side from the My Weena single. I have to say that really slowly, so you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah... This was a duet that they had recorded with the now late Kim Shattuck of the Muffs and the Pandoras and the Coolies and a lot of other cool bands. Sadly, Kim Shattuck passed away recently and big loss. And it really definitely makes the song a lot different here because it's definitely a nostalgic song about a remember when kind of thing. Uh, So, yeah, this song really took on a whole new meaning once Kim passed away. It's hard to listen to a Bowling for Soup song and still not be happy. So it's an interesting contrast in terms right here. So here you go. This is Bowling for Soup duetting with Kim Shattuck and the song I'll Always Remember You That Way. I remember watching the sunset You reached out and touched my hands That night is like a picture framed in my mind Tell me, do you ever think about that? I remember
Bowling for Soup right there with the late, great Kim Shattuck, and I'll always remember you that way. A little bit of a tearjerker, a little happy as well. It's very bittersweet, but yeah, that was off of the Playlist Essential Bowling for Soup album that Legacy put out. If you don't have anything by them, it's not a bad way to go because it definitely picks out some great songs, but we do love all their albums around here in this house, so yeah, there you go. Now, I was talking about uh, in an earlier episode that something like a tribute album can be very spotty. And this album is no exception. I pretty much only like three songs out of like 12 on this one. But obviously I gave this album a chance as a whole because of the nature of the album. So back at the early part of this last decade, early like 2010, something like that, there was kind of a a brand push to have a comeback for the Muppets. And I'm a huge, huge Muppets fan. My earliest music memories are of the Muppets. They're one of the reasons why I love music so much for sure. Like, no Muppets probably know this show. But, uh, you know, when they were just about to put out the the comeback movie, which was good. I, I think both comeback movies are excellent. You should see them. They're probably the best things right now you haven't seen as far as, like, if you have Disney Plus or something. But anyway, that all being said, there was this really weird tribute album that came out called The Green Album, which, uh, you know, not, not to be confused with Weezer's Green Album, although Weezer do appear on this as well. So there's a little extra credit right there. Uh, one of the three good songs on there is, is Weezer doing Rainbow Connection, which is, uh, damn it, it's a tearjerker. Uh, also, I like OK Go's version of the Muppet theme song, which is very hipster, but you should definitely at least see the video for it, because as you know, they do great videos. And the only other song that I liked on this Green Album tribute, and on paper I should not like this, but it's one of those instances where I couldn't hate it, because I really loved the original song, and I don't think this is a bad cover version, So the fact that it surprised me enough, I think I should include it here on the odds and ends. And because of the name positioning, this is where it appears. Uh, The two guys in question, this is a collaborative effort. This is like a one-time only performance. And the two guys are named Brandon Soller and Billy Martin. Brandon apparently is the lead singer of Atreyu. And Billy Martin, not to be confused with baseball great Billy Martin, is apparently in Good Charlotte. So two bands I am not even remotely a fan of got together and did a cover of this Muppet song, and I actually liked it. I didn't hate it, at least, so that should say something. So, for the sake of variety, and the sake of the fact that I love this song, I'm going to go ahead and play the version. So, from a song originally from the great Muppet Caper movie, this is uh, Brandon Soller and Billy Martin doing their version of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem's Nightlife. Check it out.
All right, there you go. An oddball right there. Brandon Soller and Billy Martin of Atreyu and Good Charlotte, respectively, I guess. But yeah, that was Nightlife, originally a song by Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem of the Muppets from the Great Muppet Caper movie. That version appears on Muppets The Green Album. Check that one out and the Weezer song and the OK Go song if you are so inclined. There you go. All right, and we're doing covers the rest of the way here. These last three songs, in addition to that last song, are covers. So let's just go with it. Give in to the covers. This one right here, and you don't understand the struggle. You really don't if you are of a certain age. I hate to do that good old day syndrome, but this isn't really a case of good old day syndrome as it is the good old day struggle. Uh, so the good old struggle right here, trying to find the physical media when the internet is really not much of a thing at all. Literally heard this at a party when I was in high school and I was trying to track down the CD single for this song ever since. Now the CD single in question uh, was a big song at the time, uh, this song Cannonball by the Breeders. And you would think since the, you know, the single was so popular that even once the, you know, secondhand CD stores popped up, it would be pretty easy for me to find a copy of this. No, it took me probably at least over 20 years before I finally found a physical copy somewhere in a clearance bin, paid like a dollar or two for it, finally got it. And the reason I sought after the CD single for Cannonball so much is because there was a B-side that wasn't on anything else by the Breeders, and it was a cover of one of my all-time favorite Aerosmith songs. So now, if you never knew this existed, then you do not have the struggle that I did with this. But I am still equally happy to share this with you. Just know that I went through hell to play it for you. So here you go. This is the Breeders with their version of the Aerosmith classic, Lord of the Thighs.
it's amazing how purely quote unquote alternative something like a, a, an old arena rock staple like Lord of the Thighs can sound in the hands of a band like the Breeders. But there you go, the blase, don't give a shit attitude. Uh, what they added to the song, I think, actually really makes it a great cover. So doesn't beat the original, not by a long shot, but it's mega appreciated. And I must appreciate it on principle because it took me for goddamn ever to get that. So there you go. This is what I do for all of you out there. My true friends, the ones who listen to Rock Strikes 10, are the only ones that get to share in on stuff like this. Once again, another cover here. we got two more songs to play, and uh, this one's way different. Uh, this one comes off of a favorite in this household. I know Nola's a big fan of this record, too. It's, it's one of the great cover albums. Or I should say tribute albums of all time, because it's a cover and a tribute album in a sense. It's not just for one particular artist, but it is done by one particular artist. Confused yet? Uh, so this is from Brian Setzer's tribute to Sun Records. Uh, so if you know Sun Records, it's like the original rock and roll label from Tennessee. Uh, you know, all the bigs, Elvis, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee, people like that. And a lot of people recorded there. Uh, still to this day, they record there. There's a little quick plug for Lee McCormick right there. He's got a 7-inch out that he recorded at Sun Studios. It sounds like it, too. So good on you, Lee. Lee from the great Tramps Like Us podcast. I've uh, been on pods and sides with him, too. All right, enough about you, Lee, but we love you. All right, get back to Brian Setzer. I know you want to also. Rockabilly Riot, uh, Brian Setzer's tribute to Sun Records. It says Volume 1, which pisses me off, because we do have a Rockabilly Riot sequel, but it's all originals. And not that it's not good, but this is so good. I really wanted that sequel, the true sequel to it, to happen. Maybe someday, maybe someday. Uh, but until then, it's like 20-plus songs, and it's not all obvious stuff either. You know, Chris Isaac did a Sun Records tribute called Behind the Sun, and that's really good too. It's a little more obvious. This one picks up on some of those non-obvious songs. And even if you're like, if you're massively into rockabilly, you know Red Hot, you know songs like that, but a lot of people don't. Uh, but I really like this one. Besides Red Hot, this is probably my favorite off of it. Uh, this is a really obscure song. Uh, and there's a guest singer on there, and I'll tell you who it is afterwards. So until then, this is Brian Setzer and his version of Peroxide Blonde and a Hopped Up Model Ford.
There you go, Brian Setzer from the Rockabilly Riot tribute to Sun Records. That was Peroxide Blonde and a hopped-up model Ford. That song was originally recorded by a gentleman named Gene Simmons. No, not the Gene Simmons that we all know and love from Kiss, but Jumpin' Gene Simmons, the classic 50s artist right there, had a big hit with a song called Haunted House. And uh, he probably got a few of uh, the other Gene Simmons checks, which I'm sure you, you know he cashed that shit. I would have, too. Uh, but, yeah, that's actually jumping Gene Simmons there, backing up uh, and duetting on the chorus there with Brian Setzer. So that's one of those instances where you cover a song and the original artist also contributes to it. I did a show like that years ago. Don't know if I included that one. I should have if I didn't, but go back and check that one out. That one's way back in the vaults. So the last one here we're going to play is another Brian. And actually, it's a Brian that is also duetted at one point with Brian Setzer. I remember this guy was on the second Brian Setzer Orchestra album covering Brand New Cadillac with Brian Setzer. If it wasn't on the record, I remember they did it together like on a live VH1 concert. But I have a really good memory of that because I remember going, oh, this is cool. Uh, But yeah, we're going to close off with Brian Adams. And you may not be expecting this one. I forgot this happened completely for like the longest time. Uh, but and uh, to be fair, I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd fan. I'm definitely going to send this one out to Pete. I know I'm wrong in this. He did a really great tribute show to the Wall album a few episodes ago. So go check that out. Uh, but I forgot this happened. When the Berlin Wall came down, Roger Waters actually did a commemorative concert for that in Germany. Uh, to where, of course, he did a big, huge set. But prior to that, there was a lot of other bands of the time that were real popular, you know, worldwide. And they came out and did some cover songs from the Wall. And uh, I think I might have even played uh, Scorpions doing In the Flesh on this show before. That's a really neat performance. Cindy Lauper does a really cool version of Another Brick in the Wall. It's a really neat performance, and the fact that it's, like, at the wall is really cool on principle. Uh, but this one, really cool, and it really lends itself to Brian doing it. So I, I don't know if it's one of those things where they called him or, you know, whatever, but, like, this is really good in the hands of Brian Adams, and it's one of those songs that you hear every day on Classic Rock Radio. But I think it's really cool to hear this version as well. And once again, like, he just sings it like... And I think it's just a really good fit. So closing off this episode and closing off the letter B for my ultimate odds and ends right here. This is Brian Adams with a live version from The Wall with Young Lust.
All right, there you go. Closing off the letter B and volume two of tribute to the letter B of the odds and ends here on Rock Strikes 10. One of my favorite series within this podcast right here. That was Brian Adams live in Berlin at the wall on the Roger Waters live in Berlin wall double CD thing. So really cool project, actually. You got to love that. Yeah, we should learn from history on that whole wall thing. Anyway, moving on. So... Yeah, hope you hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed sharing these, you know, hard to find slash rarities. Uh, and that's what I do as I cove through this iTunes library, this massive iTunes library that I had. Uh, crazily enough, these are all legally purchased, or at least ninety nine point nine percent of them are. If I ripped them off YouTube, which I did in one instance in this whole series so far, it's because you won't let me buy it. So if you let me buy it, I'm in. I'm I'm, I'm easy. So anyway, hope you enjoyed this and, uh, you know, stay tuned for whatever I got coming up sometime this year. I will be busting out the best of 2005. If I get through that soon enough, I will do another year retrospective. We will see that one's in pencil. I know what year I'm going to do if I do it, but I'm not going to say it just in case I don't do it. But 2005 is going to be spotlighted for sure this year. And uh, just uh, stay with me here. If you got any show theme ideas, feel free to send them along. If you have or are going to purchase a shirt, that would really help in expediting your theme. Just saying, I'm not above payola in that sense. But in order for you to find out how to get that, stay tuned for Nola here, my better half, and the plugs, and the best damn outro song in the business. See you on the next one. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at rockstrikes 10 and the direct email is rockstrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only, for now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling Health Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, the Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast, with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.